Hi, today is January 21st, 2022. Welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Junie, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast, future podcast, should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in PayPal. Thanks. All right, let's get just get let's just get into it. Words are hard. Um, today is Friday. I'm recording this on a Friday night at 8:29 p.m. I still gotta go grocery shopping, but thank God that uh, Seder Bros closes at 11. Uh, some of you might also notice my voice is coming through clearer. I moved the mic closer to my mouth. Uh, I think I'm just I just have to do this for now on. I noticed that my sound quality is a little bit better when I'm at my parents too because. My, my my I keep trying to say my mouth. My mic is closer to my mouth um, uh, when I'm at my parents' house too. So, giving this a go. Hopefully, I come out um, clearer now uh, and louder because that was a request from a few people as of late. Um, also, I will be assigned a hundred shares of Nvidia and a hundred shares of AMD tomorrow. Uh, I had sold a cash secured put very early on in the year. I think it was like the second market day or the first, it was, it was the second market day where we had like a nice green bounce and I had thought that we were just going to either continue trading flat or up and so I opened uh, two cash secured puts, uh, those of which went deeply in the red as we started this um, big correction that we're in for tech stocks. Uh, and so I got assigned at the 305 strike on NVIDIA, and um, let me just double check here, uh, and I got assigned on the 150 strike on AMD. Some of you that follow NVIDIA and AMD, you're like, oh my gosh, how is Junie going to get out of this? Oh no! And today, we're going to be just kind of going over um, some of the tactics that I use when I'm in like deep red like I am now. Some of you also don't know the account size that I'm playing with. Right now, I'm currently down 11,000 on a 200K portfolio, like somewhere around there. So if we see, just because I want to give full context uh, before I start talking about my portfolio here. Um, I have a portfolio that is currently down 5.5%. Over the last two years, I've made around $98,000 since I started Theta Game Style Trades. And this is uh, the first year where I'm doing Theta Game Style Trades where I'm starting off red. So it'll be interesting. I have gone through the coronavirus crash. Um, and so this is actually not looking as nearly as bad. So it's giving me a little bit more confidence, um, having a lot more cash on the side. But I'll go ahead and talk about that in a little bit. Um, but just wanted to preface uh, this episode with where I'm at. So the next episode, uh, you'll probably be hearing when I do my intro of when I say what stocks I have. I'll be having PayPal, I'll be having AMD, and I'll also be having NVIDIA. As I am recording on a Friday, Earnings Whispers does not have the chart yet for next week. Um, but something very notable this week. Netflix showed uh, some of their subscriber counts slowing down, their growth rates slowing down. And after market, uh, for their earnings, they dropped 20%. That is huge. So, you know, I always say that line about like, you know, if you loved it at $500, you'll love it at $400. So if you've ever wanted to get into Netflix stock, like this is your time to like 
think of it, start thinking about it again. Like especially after a twenty percent cut. Some some exercise that I wish that more people did often w- would be um, understanding that it's really hard to actually buy the dip, uh, even after saying it out loud, right? Like a lot of you, including me, right? Last year, as we were going up and up and up and up, and just didn't seem to stop, we're like. Wow, I really wish this stock were cheaper. I really wish I could have gotten in at this price. And suddenly, now in January, 21 days into January, 21 days into this new year, we're at those prices. And it's almost baffling to me that like people are like just freaking out, right? This is a um a dip or a correction that's happening off of fear of growth. It's not happening because there are literally people freaking out about this unknown pandemic it's a little bit more controlled now right but the fear this time around this crash is or a correction or dip i don't want to freak some people out but um the reason behind this one is fear of growth like the government stepping in now uh maybe reducing some of the buyback program and raising interest rates a few times and people are deciding to take a profit or they're scared that growth will uh, slow down across everywhere because as interest rates go up, uh, borrowing money uh, also becomes more expensive, leading to slower growth. And so you can do all this mishmash of different hypotheses of why the market is currently down, but the focus right now is not on like COVID, right? No one is absolutely hammering on that we're in a pandemic and we're shutting down the economy and we're scared to go outside rather it's just hey we're scared that we don't know how much the government is going to step in so we're kind of just like readjusting our portfolios going cash taking some out and doing all this other external like mumbo jumbo oogla boogla guessing which is causing volatility to spike and then people are you know freaking out that the stock market's going down so take a breather, just understand like right now is a much happier time than when we were at the bottom of the COVID crash, right? There's, this is to me, right, because I've gone through it and I recorded an entire podcast. Um, I'm talking about this one. I, I recorded this podcast during the pandemic, right? Like I, I talked every week through the pandemic. That it's I'm going to look back and just listen to myself and how I handled that situation because all I did was I was just optimistically pushed. I was just hoping that we would be better. And we're better now. It's just we're scared of our profits slowing down. And it's it's almost backwards to me on why people are freaking out so much. I must be living under a rock. I must be missing this entire point. Something else that I want to kind of bring up is... A lot of people had thought like crypto would be the hedge to inflation, right? And as inflation might be dwindling down as the Fed steps in, we're also just straight up seeing that crypto is um, just as down or as down as the stock market right now, which is crazy because you're supposed to put into crypto when the stock market goes down and when the stock market goes up, crypto is supposed to go down. At least that's what, what the meta was or what you know, what was happening like a year and a half ago or maybe two years ago. I can't remember exactly when that was, but that used to be the trope. That used to be what you say. But now it looks like crypto and the stock market are actually fluctuating together in rhyme and in step. So that's also like an observation that I've been seeing. 
Um, yeah, I mean, without going on into too much, just wanted to uh, talk about Netflix a little bit, wanted to talk about crypto a little bit, um, but let's get into uh, the main part of today's episode. Okay, uh, and today is just going to be a little bit different of an episode. I think it's going to be cool. Um, I'm going to be reading some Patreon exclusive material. I, you know, every two or three months or so, I write like a little piece, like a paragraph, like a few paragraphs on what I might think of the market, what important topics I think might be worth talking about, just depending on what the Discord's talking about, um, or just things that I might observe on Twitter or on Wall Street Bets, or I just have like this like financial commentary that I might put in that's catered to newer investors or like investors that aren't so like finance heavy, right? These things that I write are very, they're written in a way where I'd hope that a beginner can understand it. And this special piece that I wrote last year, uh, almost exactly a year ago, uh, is just very relevant to today. This, it was written on January 15th of 2021 of last year so it's been almost uh, it's been an entire year since then um and it was written at 10:07 a.m and it's titled red january and to give a little bit of context of where we were when i wrote this uh we had recovered from the coronavirus crash and we were uh, above all-time highs and this was the first like very swift dip that was happening and then everyone was just kind of freaking out like okay we finally reached all-time high now we're gonna go straight to the bottom again because coronavirus is still rampant and all this stuff and i wrote red january this piece um just so that people don't freak out and in retrospect this was correct the correct move was to basically do what i've said here and not to say like oh everything that I say ends up being true because that's the, that's like guru-y, right? But the fact that I have this same mentality right now um, compared to back then just says that, hey, I'm just getting a little bit better at maintaining my composure when uh, markets get red. And so I want to go ahead and read this for you and uh, just I hope you enjoy. Red January, January 15th. 2021 at 10.07 a.m. Hi all. For those that have been a patron for a while, you will already have a general idea of where this post will go. For those that are newer, I write these as a small thank you and reminders of what to do and not to do during uncertainty or downtime. I'm currently red on my portfolio. Not by much, but red. Am I selling? No. Should you sell? Maybe. That's up to you. The reason I'm not personally selling is because I only, and I mean only, have stock that I genuinely like to own. Apple, AMD, Boeing, and Nvidia. I also don't own any of the meme stocks that have taken a huge beating as of recent, think QuantumScape and Palantir. That make me question if I should hold or not. I only hold stock that I genuinely like for situations like these. Leave the questioning for the people that join hype stocks wondering why they bought in the first place. One of the best ways to not get tilted is to not be in situations that could get you tilted in the first place. This includes investing only in companies that you like or assuming that your puts will be assigned or your spreads reaching max loss. 
It's easy to brush off this advice when we're all up in a green market, but use this time to reflect what you can do better to not be in this scenario if applicable. Pro tip, you need to not get lazy with the moving covered calls. Make sure that you're adjusting strikes when it's optimal, uh, AKA getting a lot or most of the premium in a few days. You need to also make sure when you're adjusting strikes, you don't get too scared or greedy. If you're too scared or greedy, you'll move the cover call too close to the money and have it assigned for lower than your average cost. Exiting a long stock position for a loss should be avoided at all costs, at least if it's a stock you genuinely like to hold. Why? Because you're going to be trading for the rest of your life. When you exit for a loss now, when you could just continue to deposit more money, learn more, and then possibly continue to buy the dip so you can sell covered calls close to the money, still above the break even, why would you sell? Trading is not only about building wealth. Maintaining wealth is just as important. If you consistently realize losses without taking advantage of the time you've spent in the market, you will fail to have your capital work for you. You will instead just have your money churn while an ally's savings account does better than you. Everybody is a good trader when the market goes up. Skill shines when the market goes down. With tons of love, Junie. Man, I wrote that. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I I can't I can't believe we're in this in such a similar spot. Uh, like last year and I have some of the same stock that I mentioned in this post right like I, I have I just talked about I'm getting assigned AMD and Nvidia um, and the only new stock here is PayPal but that's really really new um, I picked that up based on technicals which is kind of out of character for me but hey I gotta roll with it I gotta learn right so I'm kind of just molding my style um, some other things that I liked about what I said before is it's easy to brush off advice uh, when we're all up in a green market. We were up a lot last year. It was a disgustingly large amount of green days. And we're finally seeing a lot of that being corrected now. And those that... Um, have learned to trade red days before are getting rewarded right now. Meaning like people that have that patient muscle, uh, the muscle to like flex and be um, grounded in your system and not to buy the dip too early, like that muscle. Those that have uh, trained it before, AKA the coronavirus crash and made it out okay, are doing what are doing okay right now, right? Like I'm down only like say 5.5%, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, down 11K in a 200K portfolio. Uh, that is not a realized loss either. I'm down 11K holding stock, essentially. And so um, if I'm trading for the rest of my life, which is another point I made in this post, is I'm just going to buy more shares of NVIDIA, PayPal, and AMD eventually in the future. It doesn't even have to be this year. Like, what if, for whatever reason, we continue to just go down? It's okay. I'm going to be doing this for at least another 30 years. That's like bare minimum. I can't imagine why it would ever stop. I feel like I'm decent at trading stocks or investing. And so uh, I feel like it's the best effort to value um, income that I can ever receive when I'm just 
literally picking stock, buying it with a click of a button, and then suddenly I'm making money, right? It, it just seems so nice. I don't do any, I don't stay up overnight to look at futures. I don't just, I don't look at news articles all day. I don't watch the news all day. I literally just sell a contract or I just buy a few stocks and I'm good. And I feel like the amount of effort that I put in um, now is well worth the value that I get in the long run. So I can imagine doing this for the rest of my life. I, it's not a, um, it's not something that I want to get rich quick and then stop and then I'm good. So if I have the rest of my life, and I think a lot of people also think this way too, is like you might say on the green days, hey, you know what? I'm really good at this. This is how I'm going to retire. I'm going to do this forever. But then it's on the red days, you know, if you're newer, you might say, ah, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to take out all my money right now and I'll give this a go next year. There is a saying that time in market beats timing the market, which is, you know, it's more or less like a guru type of mentality or tweet that people like to tweet to get like um, likes on Twitter. But there is truth to it if you do it the right way. Um, if you buy stocks that are responsible, and I made this point too in this post, uh, if you're buying like the meme stocks on Wall Street Bets, well, once it stops becoming a meme, uh, AKA like once people stop caring about it, you're gonna really think like, why did I buy this stock? Like what, what was the point? Why did I get into this? I don't even know what this company does. Oh, it's a data company, but I don't know, I don't know what data is. I have no idea what in-memory caching is. I don't know what data distribution centers do. I don't know what semiconductors do. It's like people are buying stocks that other people like, uh, and that's a problem because during like corrections like these, it's hard putting more money into something you don't understand. Because if what you don't understand is losing you money, it's going to seem insane for you to put more money into it. At least, like if you uh, invest it into Target, Lulu, Starbucks, or, or something, right? And this the the stock market started going down. At least when you put in more money into like say like Starbucks you understand that Starbucks is still alive and kicking and you're getting back some of the money that I don't know that you're buying coffees with I I don't know how you want to frame it but at least you understand you know somewhat of how Starbucks makes money or like what how, how Starbucks operates because you've been inside one of their stores when you start investing into like meme stocks like really like quick rich uh, stocks like the battery stuff, EV stocks or Palantir or uh, QuantumScape, like th that stuff that I mentioned in the post, you're really asking yourself to get like um, got in a sense where you decide to sell the position for a loss, realize the loss, and then start with a lower amount of money in a potentially more responsible uh, stock if you just chose to do, like invest into, say, Apple, Starbucks, Lulu, whatever you want. But at least it's something that you enjoy or something that you know. Um, and it, that is probably one of the best things that will take you the farthest in terms of things that you could learn today that you can apply like right now. Invest in things that you enjoy, invest in things that you use, and it will take you very far environments like right now is when that piece of advice pays off the most that piece of advice when the market is green 
might not pay off the most because in when markets are green, maybe the things that you enjoy are just not popular or whatever have you because you're you're special, you're a unique snowflake, you're a millennial, right? I'm a millennial too. Don't kill me, don't kill me. <laughs> um, but yeah, when it when it comes to a red market, like I mentioned, it's just easier to hold things you understand. It's easy to buy more of what you understand. So that piece of advice is just something that you can take, um, mold your own. Maybe you buy some of the riskier or meme stuff, but you leave some of your money for the things that you do enjoy. And maybe that can be how you mold this um, strategy into your own, uh, I don't know, uh, system. Another one of uh, the points I want to go over from this post is the line of trading is not only about building wealth, maintaining wealth is just as important. So just like that last point of you know buying the things that you understand and you can double down on and it's easier to double down on things you understand, every time you realize a big loss or aka every time you get got, you are essentially stopping yourself from doing the you know what i consider like the rich place where you you know at one point maybe in college we're like oh man the rich only get richer oh dude this sucks and you know oh man the rich are bad people but what you can do is you can decide to say play within the rules of what the creators have created and you know stock market is essentially the peak of capitalism right and by you playing in it you are incentivized to uh, have a lot of money uh, to take on the bets or strategies that pay out the most with the lowest amount of risk so the highest probability of winning with the lowest risk include strategies uh, that are on the sell side. That includes uh, like cash secured puts, that includes covered calls. And you know, to some some people, they're like, yeah, I can write a, like a cash secured put on AMD that's only like 10K. But then think about the people or the whales or the rich people that can sell covered calls or cash secured puts on Amazon. The ones that are super far out the money that bring in like hundreds of dollars for the like the lowest chance of um, those things happening. And in the event that it gets assigned, they have a large bankroll to help lower the, down the break even and then sell um, better covered calls or you know manage their portfolio however they want really because they just have such an absurd amount of money. Once you start understanding that like, hey, if you're consistently blowing up, you're basically never going to get to that point where um, you're doing these uh, higher probability plays with lower amounts of risk. You are consistently pinning yourself in situations where you're making this decision of, oh, I got to realize a loss here because this opportunity just um, came in and I really need to get into this position now. And then what ends up happening is you get into that next position and then you're like, oh, man, I really got to make sure that, um, you know, I get into this next position. Oh, I'm just having a small loss here. I'll just close out this one. And you're consistently like cycling through all these trades. And what the, like the biggest illusion that's happening here is you feel like you're in the market the entire time. So when someone says it's time in market rather than timing the market, you might think like, yeah, 
I have been in the stock market for a while, um, and this could be more or less true. But what this phrase is actually just talking about is basically never selling. Like, make sure you just buy things that you are that you think is nice. Buy things that you like, but also buy the responsible things. Buy blue chip stocks. Buy things that are just I don't know <laughs> more or less responsible. I think a lot of things are. Uh, irresponsible now thanks to Wall Street bets and how they frame strategies around the responsible stocks but uh, that's okay because I learned from there too and you can as well but really just try to blow up less I know that <laughs> some of you are just like Junie I'm trying <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh man imagine just coming to a podcast for help and i'm just like just blow up less and you'll be fine um it's a process it's finding the balance of having fun so you stay interested in the stock market and making money which also coincides with having fun in the market i think a lot of people have fun making money and so but what kind of gets in the way is that people want to make money fast or they want to make a lot of money fast and they end up doing irresponsible things that end up getting them got aka getting in this vicious cycle of wanting to make money wanting to be responsible does an irresponsible thing loses money and then that stops you from doing the uh, high value plays or the rich plays aka the um, high probability with low risk plays get to the point where you can make these plays and then suddenly making money or from the stock market is just easier this isn't like some huge ad for the ada gang strategies because i think there's a multitude of strategies that are, are responsible that you can do like um you can look at dividend investing you can look at like the drip method uh you could look at bonds you could look at um I, I don't know. You can, you can look at other things. It's just not, it doesn't have to be Theta Game related. I'm just letting you know that once you start trading responsibly and you really put emphasis on maintaining your wealth rather than building it, because people that just start out really put a big emphasis on building wealth. They're like, hey, I'm going to only put in 10K and I'm going to make 100K in a year, right? They, they go for that 10X factor and it's just not realistic. Right? It's easier to make money when you have more money, but you also have to learn how to maintain money when you have a little bit of money. Because the maintaining wealth thing doesn't just suddenly happen. If you were to say, uh, put a million dollars in your account, you don't suddenly become a better trader. Because even when you do the rich plays, there are strategies that you have to deploy and certain safeguards you have to deploy like triggers or certain indicators that might be that might work in your favor so you don't get got um be doing some of the you know supposed rich plays or the high probability plays so while you are learning right now while the market is red really just try to emphasize how you can learn the most without losing as much <laughs> Right, like it's hard to be bullish right now, and some of you might also think like, "Oh man, is right now the time to buy puts? Is right now a time to put on hedges? Should I short anything?" To that, I'm gonna let you do whatever you want, cause I don't even know if this is just the top of the market, right? I could just be talking into the abyss right now, 
and this is absolutely the top of the market and we correct like another 60%. And what am I supposed to do? Like say like, oh yeah, I was just right all along. You should have never bought puts. Well, you can do whatever you want. I'm just making sure that you understand my point of view because I'm trying to stay as consistent as possible. This red January post is exactly how I'm thinking right now. I'm not selling, I'm not actually buying a dip right now either, which was another post, but I'm not going to read that because I feel like that would make this episode too long. Um, but I'm just waiting. I'm making sure I'm not doing anything that's um, like crazy or something entirely new. I'm not going out of my way to buy uh, tons of puts, um, trying to like balance out my losses. I'm okay with being in the red on a common stock position. I've been here before. I Like I've said, I've gotten assigned 80K uh, worth of stock uh, when I only had 80K. This time, I'm getting assigned like 60K worth of stock when I have 200K. So this is way easier for me. Uh, I feel like I've really done a good job of like exercising my risk appetite uh, this time around. And I'm just really excited on where we go. Um, I've shown my portfolio, uh, on Twitch, uh, you know, every week, uh, since like, I don't know, since like the beginning of last, last year. Um, and I'm continuing to do that now. The difference now, um, and here's an ad kind of, I guess if it's for my own product, I don't know if, is it, is it an ad? I don't know. It, on, on betagame.com, um, yeah, you'll see at the top, you'll see just my Twitch stream. I upload that with the uh, the most recent um, Twitch stream that I do. And I always, on every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time, I go into my Tastyworks terminal and I show everyone my profit loss for the day. I show my profit loss for the year. And we have a chill like session of people asking questions, You know, stopping by and saying hi. Shout out to the regulars of the stream. I appreciate you guys and girls. Um, and it's a fun time. And right now, like I mentioned, I'm down 11K, but that is again, not realized. It's just common stock that's being read. And I think it's common stock that are, that is like pretty responsible, right? It's PayPal, AMD, and Nvidia. So excited to see where we go. Um, I'm going to, uh, stop this section, uh, and gather my thoughts and I'll see everyone in the next section, man. It, it has been a journey. Like, I wrote this an entire year ago, and this wasn't even when Theta Gang first started, right? Like, I, this was very much in the middle of Theta Gang, and here I am a year later, and I still think the same way. <laughs> Some could say, like, oh, Juni, you're not growing because you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. But to me, this is... This is really validating, like with all the redness that is happening right now, the fact that I wrote and said those things last year when also January was red, it makes me feel like I'm in a good spot. Like reading this brought back a lot of memories. Shout out to the patrons that were with me a year ago that are even like still with me like today, like just the community that we've built, the it's just people underestimate like I've mentioned this on the stream a few times and I think I've also mentioned it on the podcast 
I, I've, I've definitely mentioned on the podcast, it's having the safe place to lose that's, like, such a big deal to me is, like, being able to have an outlet to, like, say these types of things and not just have people say, okay, but what strikes and expirations? Okay, cool, what stocks do I pick, right? I feel like the people that actually digest this information appreciate it, and it's a really cool feeling. I've mentioned that, too, on the podcast for sure. It's a really cool feeling knowing that people care about what you say. And some people listening to this might say like, oh, well, that seems kind of normal. Like people should care. But really, people don't have to care. And when you realize that, you become like super grateful for just having people care. And so thank you for those that like listen to the podcast. And as a reminder, there aren't a whole bunch of you, right? Like I think... uh like in a week the latest episode maybe gets like 400 500 listens which you know by youtube standards is nothing like imagine going to youtube and then looking at a video that has 500 views you would think it just came out like in a like a second ago but in an entire week i get like 500 listens this is nice i i hope that uh, me reading this piece uh, connected to some of you, um, and I hope you know for the patrons that are in the Discord that actually read this last year. I hope this made you say like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, we are in the same spot," and this is like super cool because I, I think this is super cool. I think this is super funny. Um, yeah, this was a blast from the past, a blast, a blast from the past, and uh, very thankful to be here. Uh, very thankful for just everything and uh yeah very very thankful let's go on to the outro thank you and bye-bye all righty you can follow me on twitch at real theta game you can follow me on twitter at real theta game you can email me at juni at thetagame.com theta game is proudly partnered with tastyworks and signing up with the theta game referral code is a huge help that's theta game one word all caps um if you've used the referral code uh you need to email me because they don't show me your email. I think that's for definitely for private reasons. Uh, but you need to email me your first name, last name, ThetaGang username, and Twitter username. And I will go ahead and set you up with the perks. If you sign up with T Tastyworks, I'm having trouble talking now. Uh, if you sign up with Tastyworks with a furrow code, again, ThetaGang, one word, all caps. If you put in 2K, I think is the minimum, uh, you get added to this list. And if, you, if I see you on the list, I'll give you a cherry emoji flare for the website to show everyone else that you're supporting the website and podcast. Uh, and then you also get uh, added to my Twitter alerts where every time I upload a trade to ThetaGang.com, it gets automatically blasted to Twitter where you can receive a push notification on your phone that I just opened a trade. Um, so that's a cool way to kind of see like what the patrons see, or at least some of what the patrons see because patrons get a little bit more, a few more perks. But this feels... Scummy. I don't want to keep rambling on the perks and advertise that stuff. Uh, join it if you want to join it. If you know, you know. <laughs> uh, I want to read the patrons now. I want to get them up. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of like advertising the like the Patreon type of thing. Like that's it's not me. Like if you want to support the website and podcast, like by all means, sign up. But it's not needed. Okay, here we go. Uh, 
I want to give a huge shout out to Pocket Change, King Polo D, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZM, Malat, Pastor Bedtime, Empty Cans, Mods, Norcom, Royal, Mitch Brady 7, Upstream Puddle, Craig Thomas, CJ Wilson, Beans, J. Kim, Statistic Around, Tom Hobbs, Mr. Integrity, Jeffy, Deleted, Joffrey 86, Island Bell, Wheaton, <laughs> DJ Mega 86, Nob, Lad TC, Melt Man, T56, Chivonis, M. Hayden, Little Mr. Sneezy, Mr. Dunbar, Crown Bazin, Finally, Justin Fancy, Wolf, My Sir, XC, McFly, Seneca, Testoshi, Meh, Meh, Meh. That one always just makes me laugh. Jacob Dinner, Ivan Yurkarnov, Decentral, Arf Man, Lord Scouts, Lizzie Reserve, Mr. Jester, Crispy Cream Boy, Kaput, Rest Your Shifty, AG, Theta Ray, U, Alex V, El Finko, uh, 4RT, Dr. Magnum, and Sis88. Ooh. Wow. That was cool. Okay. So, I've been skipping the 1% section, and I feel like it's worth uh, doing an update now, I suppose. Um, the housing market is really hot <laughs> at least where i'm at that's for sure uh in orange county uh i really like orange county and i can't really see myself at least for right now moving anywhere else so you know when i say the whole thing about like oh i'm saving up for a really nice house it's like man the really nice house just keeps getting more and more expensive it's just like a moving goalpost um but it's okay. I've also I'm also coming to an understanding that I don't need to move into a house anytime soon. Um, but who knows? Maybe if I buy the dip correctly, if I deploy my system correctly this year, um, it can accelerate the house buying process. I don't know. Like I made ninety, like around ninety eight or ninety nine thousand dollars from the stock market these last two years. Uh, I have more money than ever. Uh, I'm starting off this year with 11k unrealized loss, but who knows? Maybe this could be the biggest windfall that I get from the stock market because this is a really big correction that we're having. And I don't know, kind of like why I said earlier is like I feel, and this is a this is why this is the one percent section. It's like this is it's a weird feeling. Like I really feel like this is unjustified. Um, cause during the coronavirus crash, I was like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Things are super scary. Uh, I'm scared to go to the grocery store. I totally get why I could see business slowing down and stuff. But right now I'm like almost dumbfounded. I'm like, wait, are people just scared we're going to slow down? Like what? <laughs> like, why are we correcting so hard? And I'm just coming, trying to come to terms with that. Um, it, none of the, like the bearish articles because I actually like reading bearish things because I like keeping myself in check a lot. Um, it just it's not making as much sense as I would like to. And as I this is something that I should have mentioned in the main show. Um, isn't there's like a FOMC meeting next week or there's some meeting next week about interest rates, and uh, I was gonna open possibly open some stuff uh, at the end of day today. But I also wrote in the Discord that like, ah, you know what, Friday there's gonna be lower volume. Um, gonna look for at least Monday for uh, like a dead cat bounce or some sort of bounce before opening cover calls. It's, it's going to be really crazy. Like I, with especially today, cause this is Friday, January 21st, 2022, in case if you're reading or listening to this, um, I don't know, in the future sometime. Uh, if you're my kids, daddy loves you. Um, you know, it's it would be 
what would be surprising to me, and this is kind of just going into like some oogla booga stuff of me just guessing where the market is going to go, it would be surprising to me if Monday was red. Because of the swift, and I mean super swift, correction that we had uh, on Friday today, it would be crazy to me if we just had another red day. That would be scary, right? Like that would be like, oh my gosh, like when is this really going to ever end? I'd like to have us start like consolidating somewhat soon because now I actually have naked shares. Um, oh, yeah, I have naked shares of PayPal, but tomorrow I'll be getting the 100 shares of AMD and 100 shares of NVIDIA uh, because as you all know, when you get a sign on a cash secured put, it actually happens on the Saturday, not at the end of day Friday. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of my thoughts is like, I'd be kind of shocked if Monday we went down. Um, and you know, honestly, a lot of people do listen to the podcast on Monday on their work commute. So you let me know kind of just like in the, while you're riding in the car, you're just like, Junie, you're right. The market bounced. Or you can just say, Oh, Junie, you're wrong. The market tipped. (laughs) Either way you can, you can just scream out your car and then maybe I'll hear it. Um, on the personal life front, I was getting very stressed at my nine to five job. I felt like I was in too many meetings. I felt like um, I was being glued to my computer. It was hard for me to even go to the bathroom sometimes because it would just be back to back meetings. I'm one to keep my camera on because, you know, on it, I am someone where, you know, leadership might say, hey, let's turn on cameras. I'll be the one to like turn on the camera and then I'll like privately message my teams like, don't worry guys, like I got it, I'll keep my camera on and you know, I understand times are hard. Like sometimes people don't understand like real etiquette on remote working right now. I think there's like a detachment of like, you know, telling people like, oh, turn your camera on. I don't know, it's, it's kind of weird vibes, but I turn my camera on just so like my coworkers feel like they don't have to because I'll I'll be the one mainly speaking all the time uh, in response to things um, but yeah so that just that's just like one of the downsides of that is like you feel less incentivized to go to the bathroom because uh, yeah I don't know you're just like in this constant bicker or not bicker but in this constant discussion um, like trying to get, move things across the finish line but you know if there's like 20 people depending on you to go to the bathroom it just kind of sucks it almost Maybe forget of what it's like to work in an office. Like, like when did I go to the bathroom? When I was in the office, like it was maybe like after lunch or something. I don't know. Before this gets too gross, I, I'll just keep. I'll just leave it at that. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, so I felt like I was in too many meetings, um, and it was getting me really down. Like I was finding that calling my parents was getting difficult because I was starting meetings at like 8 a.m. in the morning, like on the dot. And I'm one that doesn't like to wake up super early. So it's like I would use the uh, the little bit of morning time that I had before my first meeting that was usually at like 9 or 10 to call my mom. But with all these meetings starting at 8, I was just like, wow, like I'm so sleepy. I could barely open my eyes. To some people, they're like, oh, Junie, wow, you know, you gotta start waking up at five. That's the that's that's where it's at. I'm just not that in that point in my life yet. I know I'm gonna get there eventually, but it's just not me, uh, not yet at least. So, um, I realized it was just impacting me too much, um, and I decided, you know what, 
I'm going to just start saying no to the these meetings. I'm going to cancel all these meetings. I'm going to excuse myself from all these meetings that happened before this cer this certain time. And uh, yeah, all of that got settled within like the last two days, and I feel much better. I think um, I think with the current work from home, and I'm also grateful, by the way, that I work from home. I, I understand not a lot of people are doing it anymore. A lot of people are back in the office and stuff. Um, but it's really easy to just be booked like literally all day um, when you're work from home because I don't know, some people feel the need that you need to be talking to them to get this um, underway. But what I'm also understanding now is or realizing is I'm in way more meetings than I was when I was in office, right? But there's this sociological need to like have these meetings to feel like oh you know when these people are remote they're actually you know being productive but maybe the best time where i'm productive is when i'm not in a meeting right and it's just finding that balance and communicating that balance back to your employer and stuff which is always tricky um but yeah um just being also like yeah Having done that, finding time to call my parents again has been nice. Um, my mood has also been lifted. Um, a lot of it is my, it's like in my day to day. Something that I like to talk about, you know, to people that I really care about is like my strategy for work. Because um, I don't tell this, I guess I'll just kind of say it. So, like, I am one to not take PTO um, for like a really specific reason. And uh, a lot of people will see that like, oh, you know, Austin like always is always working and stuff. My secret strategy to not taking PTO. But by the way, I always tell everyone because I'm in, I'm not just like a regular engineer. I'm like a like a manager. Right. I'm in a managerial position. I tell everyone to take a PTO when they need it. If you're feeling stressed, if you need a personal day, I'll always grant that. Like, you're good to go. You tell me the day of, it's still good to go. I don't care. I just want you to be happy. The thing that gets me to take PTO less often than, say, like just someone, someone, other el some, someone else is I make sure my day-to-day -day is as less, at least stressful as possible. So... Like, and I hope this can also help you if you feel like you're overburdened with stress is like a lot of what I do is making sure that I am happy, as happy as I can be, right? I'm not happy all the time. That's not realistic, but I'm as happy as I can be every day. And so what you just heard me talk about when I did my meeting hygiene, I canceled my meetings that are super early in the morning that are impacting my uh, time with my uh, phone call time with my family or with my mom, I'm gonna say family, of course, my stepdad counts, duh. <laughs> but yeah, with my family, um, it's like, when I notice something's wrong, I fix it right then and there. Like, I, I notice that the morning meetings is the problem, and I fix it that week. I think a lot of people in that similar situation might have just kept on going with their early meetings, um, and they got in too stressed, uh, and then eventually felt like they needed to take PTO 
and then take that PTO and then feel relieved and then come back and then bear with it again and then take PTO again and then bear with it and then take PTO again. I think the most productive way to manage your stress is making sure that like your day-to-day includes not building up any stress. Set some boundaries for yourself where you feel like you are heard and that you are really t- making sure that you're taking care of your body. No, that's, that's something else. I, yeah, but I won't jump to that yet. Um, make your workday as less st- stress as possible. And I underst- also understand this is not applicable to a lot of people. Sometimes people don't have bosses that are as understanding. Sometimes people are in positions that don't have as much leeway or pressure. Or maybe you're in a job that's not... Um, that's not so, um, I, I don't know. I feel like if you're a really, really good engineer and if you are nice, like that, those two in combination, you can make your job really easy. Like it's really nice when you are an engineer that is <laughs> capable. I'm not gonna say I'm a good engineer, but I'm capable. Uh, and I, I like to think that I'm a nice person. And if you have those two qualities and a nice boss, everything is great. But I also understand, again, one more time, that you might not be in a scenario where you can just say, like, oh, I need more me time, and then and then uh, ask for more time off, right? There's this whole video by Healthy Gamer GG that talks about, like, a pizza delivery driver that that works, like, 13-hour, like 14-hour days and is super tired and is crying, like, every day. I'm pretty sure that person cannot just ask for like, oh, you know, I want uh, I want just some more me time because it's probably that person's job on the line. And I can't just say, oh, be happy and quit because I don't know that person's background. But if you are in a similar position as me and you feel like that this little tip can help you, then by all means take it. But I'm not saying that this tip is for everybody. Right, like I understand how lucky I am to even have this opportunity to uh, adjust my schedule to be able to call my mom. It's it's a blessing, and I'm thankful for it. And I think a lot of the reasons why I'm in these situations is because I just find myself to be thankful. But that's a whole other topic. Anyway, something else I did this week, which is <laughs> like I feel like this this part of the pod, the one percent section today is gonna be longer than the main episode. I set up my first ever general checkup on my own that my mom has not scheduled for me right like back in the day i might have gone like a general checkup like once every like three or four years i made a commitment i talked about on this podcast episode that i wanted to get more in tune with my health and so i got this really helpful suggestion from someone at work um and they told me to download the sydney health app which i don't know if it's just for anthem or um, I don't know if you have Anthem, it will for sure work. Maybe it happens with or helps with other stuff. But it it requires you to sign up and you just sign in with like um, your uh, your in, uh, your health insurance credentials, um, and then it puts your uh, insurance card like in the app. So you have you always have your insurance card in the app, and you can make appointments with your doctor from within the app as well. You can find your doctor. Like that was the that was the craziest part for me. It's like finding your primary care provider 
and finding out that you can't see other doctors unless if they're your primary care provider. But then it also depends on what type of insurance you have. And I didn't even know what type of insurance I had. And I just wanted, I want to be able to get my health checked. I want to go in there. I want to get my blood work done. I want to check my blood pressure. I want to know if I'm diabetic. I want to know if I'm going to die soon. I want to know if I got to start saying bye to people. I want to know if I start going to, if I got to start having like a post-mortem of the podcast and website. Like, (laughs) I am so about just like learning and like learning about myself making sure I live as long as possible, seeing my future come true, like really like, what does it call it? Actualizing it? Or I don't know, the word the, the word of the year or the last year was manifesting, right? Like I'm manifesting it. I want to live long for the three daughters that I'm probably going to have. Um, I, I want to live long for like my wife. I want to live long just to like, do this podcast forever i want to live long enough to work on the website forever like man it's 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 so crazy i would never imagine that i'm this type of person like ever but there's something has has just been clicking it's like i wanted to just start taking care of like my body and I think some of it is actually with my teeth. I know some of you uh, remember <laughs> um, when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. Uh, that started from me just going to visit my dad, getting closer to my dad because my dad is a dentist. And so, yeah, just talking to my dad more, it feels really good. Um, not that we had a bad relationship. I just didn't really reach out to him for a really long time. But um we've been talking and texting a lot more now too so that's cool the possibilities are really endless and some of you might be looking just heads down and in work all the time or in this like really vicious loop of doing the same old thing over and over again but this is a really cool time to you know try new things when the market is red and when you need to just not do anything, just chill out, uh, maybe hold your positions, sell if you want to, but whatever. But if you need something to distract you, right now could be the time where you start something new. You can start a podcast. You can start raising orchids. You can start breeding shrimp. <laughs> you could start your own YouTube channel. You could start your own business. You could wash cars. You could wash 10 cars a day uh, with a cool cool story of like, oh, I washed the best cars ever. I'm saving up for college. Please support me. And, you know, I don't know, boom. Or, you know, do all the due diligence necessary, like driving to the nicest neighborhoods where $100 for a car wash is not a big deal, especially if it's to help someone raise money for college. You know, like all these things, right? Like, um, you can tell that I've thought about that before. <laughs> and I did, like, a long, long time ago, um, back in the day, like, before college. Um, it's, it is, <sighs> life is really, really nice, if you think about it. I've had some, I've had some downs, um, but I've also had a lot of ups, um, like, 
in the whole length of me recording this podcast. Um, and this is just kind of one of my ups, just when the market is really down. Um, this is just proof that like, you know, for as much as, you know, some people might think that the stock market is my life because I run the ThetaGang.com website, build it, I, I test it, I you know, record the ThetaGang finance podcast, that some people think it's my life and I'm unhappy when the stock market goes down. I'm not, right? Like, I'm doing all of these other things that make me happy that... um you know, kind of distract me from, you know, making these horrible bad plays that I think the old me would have made. But now I'm, you know, calling my parents, getting my health right, uh, getting my taxes sorted, getting from the gains that I had last year, right? That's, that's kind of helping me, right? Like me organizing my tax plan with my accountant with the gains I've made last year, which is really, really nice. Um, raising shrimp. Uh, I have a joke that I I kind of say that you know my shrimp's name are Larry, Mary, Carrie, Larry, Terry, Mary, <laughs> like all all those iterations. Um, yeah. Okay. Without dragging this on much longer because we're about to hit the one hour mark. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you all, and um, it's not too late to get started on what you want to get started. Bye-bye.